When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial podcast for For All Mankind on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back to do a wrap up for season four. Uh, give our final thoughts, see what you guys thought about the episode and the season as a whole, and uh, just generally chat about For All Mankind until we sit it back up on the shelf for another year, two years, who knows? Uh, Aaron, how are we doing in the the feedback department this time? Rolling deep. Nice. It was a real, uh, real uh, union uh, podcast email 403 uh, branch forming here just to collectively come together and make a podcast for us because <laughs> I, uh, you know, we spent two and a half hours talking about it last week. I was kind of talked out and yeah. I, yeah. on further reflection, I was, you know, it's always a little scary when we have the screeners because like you know that's our unvarnished opinion it's not like i can go and be like oh see how things are and oh i might need to temper my not that i do that but it's like the temptation's always there right and i'm extra nervous throwing something well, out you, being like i don't want to say i temper my opinion i appreciate things in a different light when i hear other people's views on them that's what i would that's say. a good way to put it yeah, yeah. like oh i just but like you know when you're just spitting there and this is you and me talking um i'm mm -hmm. always wondering like oh man maybe we really missed a mark but i think that we had our finger on the pulse <laughs> okay uh yeah. it does seem like most of at least the bald move portion of the fan base and it looks like it's uh also representative on the for all mankind subreddit is that yeah this this is seen as an as an obvious step down you know yeah, uh, in in terms Makes of quality overall of the season, but also I I did I didn't see uh well no I did see some but it seemed in a minority opinion that people are just done with the show. Um, oh, oh that's crazy. And and that's also you know it, it could be a highly emotional reaction to a disappointing season. Like you know are people really going to not tune in next year to see right 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 you know how they're going to like it how how bad will Ed's makeup be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I want to see Margot's wake up routine in prison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. There's lots of intrigue for for next year. It's just that it's it's getting to this point to where a lot of times I'd be like, well, I'm not sure about something that happened this season, but like I've got so much faith in this team and the track record. Mm -hmm. Starting to erode a bit. So next season, I think is kind of make or break. Like. You, you, you got to develop these new characters. You got to get them to where they're as engaging as Ed or Tracy or Danielle or Margot. Uh, and and uh, you, you got to. Yeah, you got you got to sweat the geopolitics, man. You can't. Uh, yeah. And, and the details, you know, um, you can't just let the dots sort of dangle out there without connections and hope that the audience will forgive that. You, you got to connect them for them. And I think there's the other thing that a lot of people noticed is most of these seasons are kind of self-contained in ramifications. Like the finale pretty much closes and trims up all threads and gets us nice and set for we know what's going to happen with all the major characters or pretty much they're in some point of state. 
we have no idea. Like, is anyone on Mars going to face justice? Is Earth just going to be like, well, mm-hmm. you got us. You got our asteroid. We're done. Uh, yeah. Like, what, 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 what is going to happen with all these people who went rogue from from six billion people's perspectives? I, I don't know. And and I hope that we have answers to that coming back next season. But also, I could mm-hmm. see them just rolling back, like, oh yeah, Mars, and it's nice, and Ed's the old man of Mars still, except for more so, and Dev is the unquestioned ruler of Mars, and. Miles How did they pull the, that off? The businessman of Mars, yeah. Uh, Still no guns on Mars because we're not doing, but like, mm-hmm. you know, because because the, the one thing is like, I can't imagine Earth as a response doesn't militarize her, uh, Mars, you know? Yeah, like or at least try to. Yeah, we, we've tried the whole no weapons in space thing, but it's always gone bad. So it's we're going to go back to the old human. The only way to trust people is to be well armed and well prepared mm-hmm. uh, and strong. Um, because no fucking way are we going to let 500 monkeys waylay a whole planet again. I just like, so it's, it's going to fundamentally change things, but I don't know that the show knows that. So there's a lot, I think, uh, more so than most seasons of postponed judgment about this season based on where we end up in season five. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You want to, you got anything else you want to say or shall we get right into it? Not really. I, I generally feel the same uh, now as I did a week ago when we talked about it. I think, yeah, like you said, it's uh, they need to tighten things up for season five. And I don't know if that means to bring just spending more time on it. If that means bringing in people who can sweat those details. Um, I'm sure they have some of the writers who did that stuff so well in season three, season two, season one. Um but yeah, they, they need to do something over there because this season kind of came off the rails. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get right into the feedback. But while I have everyone's attention, um, I want to talk about a couple of things. One that's really fun that I'm excited about, um, which is Jim and I's annual, I guess, Bald Moves annual Groundhog Day marathon is coming up. That's something we've been mm-hmm. done for six. This will be seventh year running where our Groundhog Day, uh, we started watching the movie Groundhog Day on repeat for a full 24 hours uh this year we're going to be watching all the spider-man film yes all of them that one yes that one too um maybe not all of them almost I think there's all. some 70s <laughs> yeah. spider-man movies that we're not going to be able to show in their entirety although maybe in part uh but yeah all of the main sequence the mcguires the garfields the miles morales of course the tom the hollands. hollands we're going to be watching mm-hmm. those we're going to have a bunch of special guests joining us. We're going to have games and prizes. And it's all to raise money for charity. We've raised just, no, just over $100,000 for charity in the six years we've been doing it. Oh, really? Uh, we are raising money for the Cure Owls Foundation. I have a personal connection uh, to that disease. Uh, it's, I'm very passionate about curing it in my lifetime. Um, and uh, you, uh, Cure Owls is a great, great uh Great charity, and 100% of your donations will go to them, and 100% of your donations going to them will be used for Alzheimer's research uh, to attempt to find a, a cure and effective treatment for it. So join us. You can go to groundhog.baldmove.com for the full schedule. We've got the movies broken down by minute, like when when they're starting and stopping. Um, it's a good time. We're broadcasting it simultaneously on Twitch and YouTube for the entire 24 hours. Uh, please join us. It would mean it mean a lot for you to show up and uh, and cheer us on, and of course uh, a donation would not be a miss either. Secondly, uh, this is the end for all mankind, but we're just getting the year started. 
Uh, please follow us on your choice of social media at Bald Move if you haven't already. Unless it's TikTok, it's at Baldest Move over there. Uh, so you can keep up with what we're doing because we've got we got a pretty action packed start of the year, and of course we're expecting House of the Dragon, uh, maybe mm-hmm. uh, Severance. Hoping, for, I hope to hoping. God Severance will get Severance this year. Uh, you know, maybe maybe outside chance of getting a Last of Us season two. Certainly Perhaps. early next year. The yeah. only way to find out and keep up with us are our social media is at Bald Move. Okay. You're listening to Hi Bob. We'll be right back. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. back to more for all mankind bunch of people sending stuff to fam at baldmove.com aki is up first says according to an article on entertainment weekly and i'm going to quote from it chris marshall who plays danielle Poole, wanted good danny to die 
Apparently, when they're starting to work on season four, she suggested to the showrunners that Danny needed to die. Uh, her reasoning was that she knew people really loved the character, so it would be a real gut punch to have her killed off. They went back and forth on whether she would not die until the final script was written. They wrote a version where she died, but the showrunner said they just couldn't do it. They said they would rather make people believe she would die only to not. Chris Marshall was really happy with how it all ended up as far as her character saying, oftentimes when you see alternate history shows, they exist in dystopic worlds where it's post-apocalyptic, the air is made of acid, everyone's fighting for their lives and living subterranean. I love that in our alternate timeline, it's not that. It's actually pretty optimistic. It's not euphoric, but it's not dystopic. It felt right in the grand scheme of our world to continue to keep our eyes on the horizon and believe that tomorrow can be a brighter than today. That's from uh, an Entertainment Weekly article. Uh, Somebody watched Silo. <laughs> True. Did you? I I was kind of. I guess I was kind of surprised to see Chris Marshall campaigning for Good Danny to Die, but it I mean, would she's be. Right one of the biggest gut punches uh -huh. in small screen history yeah she's absolutely right it would be pretty devastating uh <laughs> and again I, plenty of characters we like live and survive yeah. um yeah. in all kinds of shows i'm happy for that i guess if you're if you really just want the drama though sure you kill the characters you like she also mentioned she would not have a problem playing 60-plus-year-old Danny in future seasons, so that's nice, because I imagine, right. yeah. I can't imagine this is the end of her act. Like, maybe, because, no. like, maybe the story of her being a grandma and sitting on the couch and watching Star Trek with her grandbabies. Um, but it would be wild to, like, the grand old lady of the moon and Mars, if there, if there is one, it's her, for her to just, to, like, retire to quiet private life. Yeah, pulls an Ellen, becomes president, yeah. and then just does nothing uh for the next i don't know 30 years how long is she gonna live Do you think ellen will ever come back uh it doesn't seem like it you would think this would be uh they would at least keep her in the season somehow like on the periphery if they were gonna bring her back so no because like it i think about what they did with margo they kept her around yeah even when she didn't have much to do right it was like dealing with her blindness and then just kind of having spats with Margo um, or I sorry I'm, I might have said Margo I meant Molly yeah yeah um, yeah so I, I think they would have kept Ellen around if they wanted to use her later and it's kind of a convention um, I guess until recently for American presidents when they're done with office they kind of you know get, get uh, purposely retreat from the limelight to give their predecessors, you know, kind of a chance the the not the not suck the oxygen out of the room and all that. So it it, it would make sense sure. that you know her and Pam are just going to live happily ever after. But um mm -hmm. also have those characters uh on the shelf if they need them. Up next, uh it's either Al or AI Shallant. I don't know uh if there's some kind of AI writing in, but we'll see based on the email. Uh, Lee's wife smuggled onto Mars during high alert equals fucking clown shoes. Ridiculous. Unforgivable. Other thing, Kelly was literally just like absent during the entire finale until Danny was shot and on the table. And she just strolls up out of nowhere and holds Ed's hand. I'm disappointed we didn't get to see if old man Mars actually came clean to his daughter and what her reaction was after their abrupt scene ended last week. Uh, otherwise, I think they pulled the finale together pretty well for the bumpy ride up to this point. New characters, Sam and Miles, got to shine a bit. 
satisfying character arcs ending uh, arc ending for Margot finally taking responsibility and accepting consequences to throw the space program forward another 10 years. Thanks for the pod, guys. You guys doing True Detective, right? Yes. Yes, we are. We're doing it right now, actually. Uh, we we're just released our first episode. Right now. But well, as soon as yeah. we're done recording this, yeah, we'll be... In uh, the totality of time, this is pretty much right now. Uh, the True Detective is pretty much right now. So, yeah, we just released our first episode of that over in the World We Deserve feed or Prestige feed right here. Where you yeah, might be listening to this. A flat circle anyway. And we we already <laughs> uh-huh. did our promoing. What the hell? Um what, what do you <laughs> Hey, what, what I we... didn't prompt this man unless I'm AI Shallant. You never <laughs> Maybe know. Maybe you are. Uh you're awful nonchalant. Um, I mean I, I want to talk about this Kelly thing because that's something I know that yeah. me and uh, B. Michael were talking about that we gave that a lot of props that like, oh, they actually are going to have this kind of showdown between Ellie and Kid, uh, uh, Ellie, Ellie and Kid, Kelly and Ed. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they did, but they didn't. Like, you know, they had this kind yeah. of emotional scene and then like and you're like, oh, you know, you, you kind of get rope a dope like it like like you expect Kelly would to like, oh, Ed is, you know, sharing so much emotional truth. Uh huh. She'll forget like why she brought this up in the first place. And she like dries her eyes. and like, thank you for sharing. And that's really nice, dad. <laughs> but also cut the shit. What the fuck is really going on? How and- does Ed get out of that conversation? Does he just like stand up and slowly back out of the room and they never so speak he does like to each a other Homer simpson where he just melts uh-huh. into the hedge and disappears there's yep, there's, yep. there's a, right beside the orange tree they got a hedge uh <laughs> it's his marijuana farm he just mel- he just yeah, taps he on a panel opens it up disappears into the green uh the green the green jungle i i, right? I think this this is this is just slop shod storytelling you know, like that is just a oh, miss. Yeah. That's just a drop ball. That is a question that you yourself asked and 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 brought up and then showed zero interest in because her holding his hand. Does that mean he told her the full truth and she's like, I'm on board with you being Martian George Washington? Does that mean he lied to her and she thought he got caught up in this riot and this is all based on a like we fucking don't know this this her no, holding her no hand is, there so it's like if you don't understand this does it, it, it i've never i've always said this in terms of action scenes or if i don't understand the stakes or what is go, you know going on in the character's interior then these these action scenes are meaningless like who cares mm-hmm. um I, I never said about a dramatic scene but like yeah what does that mean that kelly grabs her old man's hand I, I, the best I can come up with is it means we both love Danielle and I know this is hurting you as much as it's hurting me, but that doesn't answer the question that was hanging in the air the last time we saw them. She spent the last 48 hours just letting her old man plot with Dev to steal this asteroid. I, I don't know. It feels like it's yeah. like an oversight. Oh, it is. Um, Rachel's up next says, I love listening to your podcast, but Arga, she's getting into the pirate, the asteroid piracy. I can only assume. All right, but Arr, I watched the season finale. I'm so mad for the show. I've seen plenty of heist movies, and I know what makes them fun. What makes them fun is rooting for the heisters to succeed. But I did not want these heisters to succeed. I wanted them all to fail, and maybe, hopefully, definitely die in the process, so I could be sure these characters would not return to haunt me in potential future seasons. 
All season long, my loathing for Ed Baldwin, Dev Iessa, and Miles whoever has grown and grown. For me, they're all completely unlikable, arrogant, smarmy characters. Also, what the hell is Kelly only appearing for five seconds in the entire episode for? Kelly's a hundred times more emotionally intelligent than her man-baby father. Her research to Mars life-seeking storyline barely existed this season. Your listener who thought Dev might have planned to drop the asteroid into the light, uh, to the crater actually had a better plot idea than the writers. Imagine Ed realizing that Dev was going to do that and maybe for once in his god dang life did the right thing for a noble cause and saved the Mars life instead of fueling his own need to be the big old man of Mars and make trillions of dollars. Bald move. It has taken me years to recover from Gordo and Tracy's deaths. Talk about a great storyline. Gordo's journey to redeem himself, the connection with Tracy, the visceral horror of watching their bodies fall apart in the lunar atmosphere to avert nuclear meltdown. Yes, like every For All Mankind finale, the contrivances to get the plot crisis were eye-roll worthy, but I went with it because I cared. I was emotionally invested. I cried and cried and cried. I tear up this thinking about it even days and weeks and months later. Similarly with season three, rocketing pregnant Kelly to the spaceship, ridiculous. But I enjoyed watching it and I cared what happened to her. Uh, was the Danny Karen storyline awful? Yes. Hell yes, it was. But I still cared about Karen and felt so sad when she died. Not this season. And that's my big fear for season five, because if you look at the, if, if you look at Miles, you look at Sam, you look at Aleda, uh, you look at Kelly, you look at Dev, I'm only 50% as invested in Aleda and Kelly as I am in any of the mainline season one, season two characters. And the others are trailing way behind that level of involvement. So it's like, you know, maybe you can make chicken liver out of chicken shit, but what if you don't got chicken shit? Yeah. I, I, I'm really invested in Aleda, but her storyline was so tied in with Margot that now it's kind it's kind of at its end, right? We're at the end of that thread. So what are they going to do to make a new thread that's going to interest me with her? Um, but yeah, you're they right. Might, I mean, not a lot to go on. They might literally make Aleda the new Margot. Like I could see them starting uh, with her sleeping in her office and doing the whole, and like she just takes over as being the, but like, it's interesting because Mar- she's not Margot because Margot didn't have a life, literally. Uh-huh. You yeah, know, she's got if, a if, Aleda, if Aleda did that in 2012, I'd assume her husband has divorced her. Her kids have nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. That would be sad. But that, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I I don't know. No, I, I'm with you. I don't know where they go with Aleda, but I, I am emotionally invested in Aleda. I, I like her a lot. Um, but Are you yeah, emotionally I, invested in Dev? Uh, More so than I was before this season, I think, but not much. Granted. Okay. Not much. Are you emotionally invested in Kelly? Uh, yes, uh, but not as much as Aleda. And and I, the thing is, am I emotionally invested in Kelly? Or the, the Alex stuff did just, a lot. That's this what season. I'm saying. Or am I emotionally invested in a mother who's got a sick child who's trying to do what's best? Like, because I I also kind of want to echo what Rachel's saying here about the whole life mission. That's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just like a motivation to get a person on a rocket. Yeah. It didn't really pay yeah, off in any, any other grander way. And it's just, and even getting Kelly on the rocket didn't, yeah, that didn't pay off. Cause and you know what it tells Ed me too? And Alex stuff should have been better. What? 
it tells me that she didn't find life in this crater. Because how the fuck yeah. are you going to find life in a crater between now and 2012? How are you going to yada yada through that? How are you going to put that into the five minute, here's what you miss crawl? You know? Yeah. So No, I assume she's still going to be looking for it when we come back, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, it, it might take longer than 10, 15 years to find life on Mars, but it's just one of those things where it's just another... Or maybe they will. Maybe they will find life in, like, 2008, and they will yada yada it, and because it's like... Is just bacteria and it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not going to be some highly advanced organism. Maybe the tension is the people that want to exploit the Martian resources and the people who are like, you are trampling on a pristine virgin landscape that could tell us infinite things about our own origins and it's going to be another mm -hmm. science for science sake versus science for industry's sake and who will win. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, they do, they do need to do better on that front. Uh, all right, Charlie Ross says, Hi, Bob. I was struck by how this Ed seemingly had two totally disconnected plots. His uh, handshaking stuff and then Martian revolutionary. So I thought I'd take a stab at it. Uh, number one, open the season with Ed looking surprisingly sharp and fit by, lean in, by leaning into the health benefits of Mars and uh, show him noticeably less aged than the difference between seasons two and three. Okay, so we're we're right, rewriting the season here is what we're doing. Yes, he's trying to fix okay. the Ed plot. Uh, number two, announce Helios getting assigned to lead the Ranger asteroid capture over NASA and Roscosmos because their bid was cheaper. And when Kuznetsov raises concerns, Ed is still a red-blooded conservative free market baby. Then when the mission fails due to a mistake by underpaid Helios employees, Ed is scapegoated. Uh, after Ed's retired, number three, from plot uh, pilot duties, uh, or plot duties, one of the two, <laughs> he's put on a return-to-Earth training routine, and the doctors stress to him how challenging it'll be to prepare for full G. This is also an opportunity for a badass training montage with fun low-G effects like Ed doing push-ups, pull-ups very easily, and benching comically large weights. All right, I like that. I did, uh, I'd love funny. to see Martian weights, man. Oh, they're huge. Yeah, he's putting up 400 pounds, no problem. Uh, number four, he also has downtime to investigate the issues with Helios employees that led to the mission failure and teams up with Massey, who radicalizes him into a labor activist. Uh, legitimately or for his own purposes? Cause... I, I think radicalized, that's, that's a more legitimate than, yeah. than uh, him just deciding to do it to fuck over Danny. <laughs> Uh, number five, Ed later checks in with the medical and is approved to go home, but is told about all the things that could go wrong for him upon returning to Earth and decides that he would rather stay on Mars forever where he is strong and respected. Now, I think he is primed for Dev to go uh, to get him in on stealing the asteroid as he identifies as a Martian. The season could continue from here, but uh, as is, but just for fun, since I like the asteroid crash theory, it would be reasonable for Lee to tell Ed about the gun since they are on the same side of the revolution. Then Ed tells Sam to retrieve it before the final Ranger mission. When the ghost ops is discovered, they use North Korean S-band antenna to tell Sam to shoot the Ranger controls, causing the engines to keep burning, ultimately crashing the asteroid to the surface and securing it for Mars. Eh, just sacrificing Sam to do it. In my opinion, this would fit into the progress is never free theme they are selling with Margot and Aleda. Need somebody to pay. Uh, we don't know that people didn't pay, but we also don't know that they did. 
right and it's like you know i yeah that's, that's seeing seeing people in jail 12 years from now 10 years from now is not as satisfying as seeing the present um i mean it's it's hard to write this stuff and you, know, you change one thing it changes a million other things but mm-hmm. the thing i liked about his suggestion is I agree. I thought it was a rough transition from Ed being the self-satisfied, um, you know, old hand that space exploration shitting on these workers, these entitled workers to him being this revolutionary figure. And it kind of works a little bit in that like, well, you know, not all the not all the the hearts in a revolution are pure and not mm-hmm. everyone does things for the right for the right reasons of you know fraternity equality and liberty right um absolutely i and then that's that's the thing like i think they needed to and and having like ed's strength kind of like fail him or having like the the threat of that happening and him realizing he's a martian kind of organically and i think i think it would have been a step in the right direction something to to to, to just a hairpin turned, I think I felt like his character took. Yeah, I, looking back, I wonder how much it has to do directly um, with uh, Svetlana and her whole plight. Because I'm thinking he he's just pissed off. Like halfway through that season, he's just so pissed off that he's just trying to tear everything down. And it's Dev who comes in and sort of funnels that into direction. Yeah. But like, it definitely wasn't satisfying, and I don't think it was ever intended to be satisfying, right? Ed, they intended this season for us to kind of turn on Ed because he yeah. turned on everybody. Mm-hmm. So if if you're not if you're not in for that ride, I guess yeah, it's pretty rough. I I think all the stuff around Kelly and Alex was was the worst part of Ed this season. I think they think they, they got to a point with with me where I appreciated why Ed was doing the things he was doing, even if I didn't like them. I think they connected those dots pretty well, unlike some other things in this show that they definitely didn't. So I don't know. I changed too much with Ed. Uh, Let's move on to Jessica, who has another Ed suggestion. I think the Ed's motivation to establish a Mars as a permanent settlement could have been helped along by the addition of a single scene. Kelly had messaged him about her guilt of possibly leaving Alex behind to come to Mars. Ed could have been the one to suggest she bring him along. He could have had some epiphany about becoming a family again and making Mars their real home. Wouldn't have fixed everything with Ed, but at least his motives would have felt more genuine and less acting out of spite. I kind of do like that. That Ed's like, well, yeah, come here because, you know, I've been talking to Dimitri and the Demi and he's said that like you know your son's or grandson's lungs are going to be better and blah 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 and then him see the dream of Mars start slipping away and it's something more than just some esoteric kind of principle uh, of space exploration and his personal glory he's fighting for he's fighting for you know that's that's more traditionally revolutionary grounds but mm-hmm. I do think they deliberately you're right that they kind of wanted to write Ed as a bit of a self-satisfied asshole which is not comfortable it's and it, it's like also him. not outside his character profile like he kind of is a knee-jerk yeah. reactionary um exclusionary old boys kind of thing uh every time he's been his character has been nudged in a positive direction it's been somebody else pointing out how much of a shit he's being <laughs> yeah and then him 
him reluctantly agreeing with him. I do wish they'd use Danny's death as a springboard to finally see the the error of his ways. And I, it, the other way they could have done yeah. it, when I was thinking of these emails, is like, what if he? It just turns out the old man Ed is just a really good mentor. Like he is very involved in like Sam and like you know knows that she's been wanting to be an astronaut forever and is trying to coach her and and he's frustrated at how helios is is fucking around and and denying her her scheduled shifts and spacewalking and 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 you know he could have been a mentor Mm -hmm. instead of like a lover Svetlana. that could have he could have just been like this mentor frustrated at all the politics and all of the bureaucracy and all the profit seeking and that's getting in the way of of making cool astronauts and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. he's like organically posed to be that kind of revolutionary figure and kind of be this light. But again, for whatever reason, the showrunners wanted Ed to kind of go down and make kind of almost no personal growth at all. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they have something big planned for him next season or if this is the swan song and he's just going to yeah. be remembered as kind of an asshole. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, he's, yeah. Well, anyway. All right, uh, Rob C. has some random observations um, and problems with the finale. And we'll take these uh, one by... Take these as they come, maybe talk about sure. them. Uh, some of the passage of time seems off. Comps between the different places, events on Earth and Mars not lining up, etc. Mildly annoying, but not enough to ruin the episode. I could not tell you how much time elapses between the discovery of this asteroid and the actual capture of it it could be at some point they say we have like 10 weeks to get this project done period and if we don't do that the window is gone we can't capture this thing and then somewhere along the way dev convinces kelly to fly to mars and dev gets to mars and hatches a plan to steal the asteroid and Sam spends a month on Ranger. It, the timelines are very tight if they line up at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's also, they feel like they were playing fast and loose with the communication delay with Mars. Like, and I know it, it fluctuates depending on where Mars is and its orbit in conjunction with Earth and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, uh-huh. It kind of bothered me that the end Will's like, and there's a five minute delay. I'm like, a five minute delay? Not like a five minute and twelve second delay or a four minute and fifty-three second delay, or just, just a five minute delay. Sure. This is NASA, yeah. And like when they're counting down the seconds, I kind of think the timer showed five and it's like, I don't mm. it's just it's just little stuff where it, it's almost like that's a placeholder they put in the script and like we'll we'll get someone to get the orbital mechanics right and we'll get that nailed down and they just never did. And it's like, I feel like that's a lot of the season is like first draft ideas that were pressed into service because they couldn't decide whether they're going to kill off Chris Marshall or not, you know, or they, sure, sure. you know, maybe they were unsure of a lot of this stuff themselves, and but they just couldn't think of anything better with the, you know, the fact that the, uh, the production was shutting down and they had to get all this stuff wrapped. And I, I don't know, but it's or it's unfortunate. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I still want to know about that timer thing with the five minute delay and there being two minutes left on the timer when they send the code. I that I cannot square trip? that in my head. 
like maybe if it's a round trip delay and they're and they're it's like it's not quite five minutes, ah. not quite two minutes, and but why would they say it like that? Even if it's round trip, it's two and a half minutes. I I don't yeah I don't get it. I don't get it. I hope somebody wrote in and told us uh, what happened there because I desperately need to know. Anyway, Rob's anyway. got a lot more bullets. So oh, a ton. Yeah. Um, bullet number two. I got the impression that Eli knew what happened to Sergey. Maybe it's just vague writing, but he tells Margot that we should talk about this when he should have no idea what this is. Um, I, I don't know. I think uh. that's more of a guy seeing a woman obviously distraught about something with her Soviet handler that's underhanded, and he's just offering his neutral ground of his office to like do you got anything to say to me in like an official capacity we can talk about this thing happening in front of me not gotcha yeah this is Sergey was she's murdered. Making. Mm-hmm. yeah I don't think he would that have had any advanced knowledge of that at all no in fact I don't think I anyone God, knows not. at large that Sergey is even working on this project this is all supposedly clandestine yeah for sure uh, alright the show has done an amazing heel turn right before our eyes Ed, Dev, and Margo were in the all in the villain category most of the season. They've layered in the sympathies with their motivations all season, but this episode has them fully as heroes, reinforced by the score, and it works. Uh, mostly. That's what mostly. I'm saying. Like I, I, I thought they, they, they made some weird choices on when to play the heroic music and when to play the yes. villains plotting music, and they kind of like flipped that. POV. I, uh, I, I, yeah, you can't I just play music and expect my heart to swell. Uh, I, I need yeah. to be primed. My heart needs to be pumped full of some swelling fluid first. And the show should have a perspective on this. The show should have a perspective on like, is NASA evil by trying to scab over the workers? Uh, or is this just mm-hmm. them rerouting damage like they have in every other season? You know, like uh, there's a problem with our main thrusters and uh, we're going to go around it. There's a problem with our fueling facility and it's because the labor. So we're going to go. I don't know. I don't know because they yeah. uh, they were the villains in that scene, but they're the heroes when they're stealing the asteroid. So uh, he continues. No way. Miles and that other guy are tough enough to stand up to the punishment they took. I guess that's Hollywood. Hmm. I, I mean, it, it, I, here's the here's the thing. It's not about toughness to me. It's about stakes. And what does Miles have at stake here? Um, he gives up the information. What does he lose? Nothing. I think right. Uh, like I think he would rightly fear that he would lose the financial stability that he's earned his family. And in his mind, that's the equivalent to losing his family. You think so? I mean, these people all get busted and court-martialed and arrested and sent back to earth. And he, he doesn't come out of that. Okay. I mean, he went, so his wife had left him and was what had divorce papers prepared for him that she wanted him to sign. Uh-huh. And his entire life turned around with his Martian gig and the money that it's bringing in. So, like, I don't know if it's true. Because, well, they already you know, know he's smuggling. Like, th- he he even admits he didn't know to that, that, right? 
but he didn't know that. So now it's like he's got these two intelligence officers saying, we know yeah. about your black market shit. We know all about this stuff. And we also think you're involved with these terrorists. You better tell us or else. It's like, I think it's a credible threat smuggling. to his family's livelihood. Hmm. Okay. And then they make what the are, Also, threat. what are his prospects if he gets busted down the earth in disgrace? You know, does he go get another sure. job? But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Just take uh, a big bag of Mars rocks with you. You'll be fine. Those but I, I do like I, I think um, I, I also think that the one thing that made it OK for me is this is a ticking time bomb situation where the interrogator knows exactly the person who's being interrogated knows exactly how long they have to hold up for her. So sure. it's like if you can they tell can yourself last. this is going to be terrible, but it's only going to be for another hour or especially if especially when they let off on the um you know, it's like he, he stood up for like what a minute of like intense torture, and then they're like, ah, oh, fuck it, we don't have time for this, we gotta give up. I don't know. <laughs> it's tough though. Yeah, You're right. As compared to like Margot, who is <laughs> being chained to a pipe in the ceiling by Russian yeah. goons in the gulag and has no idea this could last the rest of her life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, well, yeah, I what you. I've read of of torture though, it does seem like almost everyone breaks. Um, and fairly quickly and when assume, they break yeah. you don't usually get actionable intelligence but the right. one time that you can maybe justify it is on these like jack bauer style ticking time bombs where it's like you know this guy has got a <laughs> bomb it's going to blow up in 15 minutes i don't have time to build a rapport i don't have time to isolate him i don't have time to deprive him of sleep i don't have time to like i have to get him to say something especially if you had it like compatriots if you had three guys you could isolate torture the shit out of and see whose stories are matching but like yeah they were they were taking hail mary shots it seems like uh, another point here unless margo gave Aleda her credentials there's no way they would not know who put in what code yeah but like i said it's not about what it, it's not about who put in the code it's about what code went in and who wrote that code right yeah now Aleda, i would love Aleda to didn't in... write the code I'd love to be in the Senate hearing when they're like, okay, this line where it says reboot reactor <laughs> semicolon. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, you were typing really fast and Margo gave you that code, but didn't you see like, yeah, but I don't know, some 80 year old fucker that doesn't know anything would yeah. probably be asking that question and he'd be asking the wrong one and they'd be yep. showing pictures of Hunter Biden's dick and who knows, the whole thing would be a fiasco. <laughs> Uh, had his, had thought... his dick out in 2002. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Slinging that thing for decades. Look, man, a lot of dicks were out in 2002. Let's not kid ourselves. The internet didn't invent getting your dick out. True. Uh, all right. <laughs> would have thought Margot's boss would have fought to keep her in Soviet custody. Maybe given the nature of the crime, it wasn't possible. Uh, her higher ups just just made a decision without her knowledge and that was that yeah and i and i think that you're supposed to understand that her boss has no power like and, and my reading is uh-huh. that not at that point um, yeah my, my reading is that even if she had wanted to drag M- Margot back to Russia this might have been something that the new premier is just like look I we this is humiliating this is uh th- this is uh just just a complete collapse I want nothing more to do with it I don't want more trials I don't want more hearings I just want to punish everyone I want to scapegoat this on the bullfinch mm-hmm. she's yep. the one that let this happen she was negligent and then we can just move forward 
Uh, and finally, the they yada yada the resolution of the fight. No one swings on Ed or Danny. Everyone just stops fighting. Weren't the military also armed? Uh, they were with less than lethal rounds. Yeah. It does seem like they wanted Danny being shot to be this big sobering. And I think it could be. You know, you've got this is a yeah, small possibly. base. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows uh, Danny's reputation is probably more positive than other administrators because she tried to get him their family mm-hmm. access back and she tried to do this she tried to do that but yeah i i, I kind of buy it you know yeah it's borderline but i'll go with it it also uh, seems like it. it's just as likely that it would just kick the barbarity up to 10 you know yeah totally like the second gun and people are like you oh shit it. people gun? are dying get that yeah. guy yeah yeah exactly tear him apart T minus three seconds until the ad. Touchdown, and we're back. Uh, let's move on to the Irish monk who says, "I think any assessment of the later season, the latest season, should not be limited to comparing the season to previous ones." As a viewer, I'm interested, if not more interested, in how this season compares to other new sci-fi shows on offer. So while this may be the weakest of all four seasons of For All Mankind, it surely remains one of the best current sci-fi TV shows. The Expanse finished, Foundation sits at the top of the pile, but where do you think For All Mankind sits? The next best? I don't count The Last of Us or Black Mirror as sci-fi, and I think Fam top Strange New Worlds, but there are other contenders, maybe. Hmm. If you're not counting um, for The Last of Us or Black Mirror, then you probably wouldn't count Severance. I count Severance, and it's at the top of the pile. It's it's the best sci-fi on right now, at least that first season. It's pretty good, but that's the, that's a problem with all these shows. Is like I, I learned from the, the the from Game of Thrones that until the finale of the series is over, you can't say because like season four, season five, I think many people would have put serious money on this being one the greatest show of all time mm-hmm. in terms of quality, in terms of worldwide global view, global viewership, like not even lost in its prime, had a hundred million people watching it. Mm-hmm. To say nothing of how many people were pirating on top of that. It's it's truly a phenomenon. And then it completely went, I mean, reasonable people can disagree and be wrong, but it fell to shit and ended up almost almost destroying uh such a strong franchise. Um yeah. I, I don't know, because like uh I think Strange New Worlds at this point. I like a little bit better. I'm more. I'm certainly more excited for Strange New World season three than I am for For All Mankind season five. And that would have been yeah, heresy two years ago. I'm actually more with the improvements that they made to Foundation season two. I'm actually more excited about that uh, getting a season three than season five of For All Mankind. And maybe it's recency bias, right? Like I can look at, I can look at uh, Foundation through a little bit of rose-colored glasses, being so far yeah. away from it. Whereas fans and very it is, recent. It's truly big, epic, sweeping sci-fi. Oh, it's like, sci-fi. Sci-fucking-fi, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, from its pedigree down to its production, it is mm-hmm. proudly sci-fi. And and God bless Apple, for because like you'll notice that every one of these shows, except for Strange New Worlds, is an Apple production. Right. Severance, Foundation, For All Mankind. 
Silo. Silo's another yeah. excellent. Yeah. Um, I had my problems with it its first season, but it's another excellent sci-fi show. So it's like, God bless Apple for being the sci-fi channel that we used to have and was taken from us by all the cable bullshit in the last two decades. But yeah, they are they are putting big money in uh, 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 to this uh, in, in a big way, almost to where it's like, man, it's I wish Apple had been around a couple of years before so they could have gotten Expanse. <laughs> we'd yeah. probably be talking about how yeah. good Expanse season eight was right right about now if that had happened. Yeah, <sighs> for sure. I don't know. I mean, for all mankind, seasons one through three, I would put up against the best of sci-fi that's on right now, and it would stand up admirably. This season, though has me worried that yeah. they just don't have what it what it takes anymore don't got it yeah. it's one of maybe it's another thing where it's um they were better at adapting like uh what if nasa plans from the 60s and 70s and now like mm-hmm. you're you're getting into like the dart program you know um they did use that but it's it's not the sea dragon it's not the jamestown colony on the moon it's not you know a nuclear fusion powered space shuttle it's it's a, a lot you know that's a lot more nebulous and the science is a little so it's like are they getting into that adaptation problem so like and also what will that look like in for all mankind in like season six or seven when you're in the 2030s 2040s yeah, yeah. <sighs> I, it's yeah they're in a they're in a um they're in a delicate place right now uh all right greg is up and he says like you guys, uh, I found the plotting this season to be rushed in places and muddled in others, but I don't think I was as down on the season as you. I found season four, episode 10, a very satisfying ending for this season, and I think that the pieces are set up in an interesting place for them to pick up in 2012. Here are a couple of specific thoughts on the episode and where we end up. First, I think the arrival of Lee's wife along with other stowaways was totally fair and needed no other in-show explanation. It was emotionally satisfying at first viewing, but when I thought about it afterwards and played back the scene, I decided it also makes narrative sense. Here's my headcanon. We'd established that Miles and his network knew how to get Mrs. Lee out of North Korea. Can, the issue can was we getting her... Just, can we just stop right there? Because this first sentence is roughly <laughs> along the lines of, we've established that Miles and his network knew how to find a reliable source of unicorn horns. Okay, yeah. I... It's not easy to get people out of North Korea at all. Uh, and yeah, like, but by establishing it, you you mean Miles said he could do it. Miles said he could do it, but like all season long, they've been acting like that's an impossible task, and they knew it, and they were just stringing Lee along. Yeah, and, and that's the narrative. That's the narrative that was all the way through the finale episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so anyway, so let's so, so, this, okay. so we we have a confirmed source of unicorn horns. Let's go. Yes. Now we just need to get them on the transport. Uh, Dev wants Mars to become a thriving society, so it's in his interest to get families there. It's not too much of a jump to think that Helios, which Dev still runs as far as we know, who fly the transports, can ship material without the knowledge of other M7 partners, especially if it's in a discreet Helios shipping container, just like we saw. Any comments? Should keep going. I, this makes sense because de- like to me uh helios is a outlaw organization as of the stealing <laughs> I mean, the asteroid absolutely they are yeah and if they had a way to get lee's wife out within like a week or two while everyone is just but like i feel like the very first thing people would do is like we are shutting all this shit down until we can go through 
we are seize we like like they might just go like federal agents might show up to Helios's corporate headquarters and just seize everything and just start like mm-hmm. hauling boxes off to NASA. Like what I, I think that the Helios has the will, but like Helios is a company within the United States. Like and and I, I know we joke about corporations having all the power, but they do to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, yeah, they have they soft power. The, the, yeah, and the United States has actual fucking power. Russia yeah. has actual power. They have guns and mm-hmm. millions of men and women under arms that will go and enforce the. So it's like I, you can get away with something like the Mars thing, but like the repercussions and the idea that Helios is like smuggling citizens out of rogue nations, <laughs> it seems it seems a bit much for me, but. You know, reasonably people can disagree. Sure. Uh, he says it's cramped quarters for the six or so people we saw emerge at the other end, but folks have done more drastic things to get to a new life. I suppose so. Uh, I put this all down to another strand of Dev's grand plan to make Mars independent, going on in the background with us, without us needing to see the detail. I thought in the end they played fair with this. So I think the best explanation is in 1776 the uh, Continental Congress sends King George a resolution saying, peace, we're done with your bullshit. All this stuff that was yours in America is now ours. We're not sending you any more money. We we got the whole French and Indian situation under control. And 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 in this in this timeline, King George looked at that and been like, is it really worth sailing over this ocean to go kick these people's ass or should we just write this thing off? Mm-hmm. And King George, presumably not mad, said, nah, it ain't worth it. That's a hell of an assumption for a show to make and kick the plot forward 10 years into the future. Imagine that in seven. Imagine that on HBO, some adaptation of a what if revolutionary war and the founding fathers sent off the declaration and they get it. And King George opens it. And then it's mm-hmm. like he kind of shrugs. And then <laughs> and you get the subtitle three. 1786. Mm-hmm. What? You know, yeah. I, I, I need to know, like, what happened? What did Earth say? Like, like, and even if King George was cool with that, what did his, the, what did Parliament say? What did the people that were creditors to the nation of England say that owed them a bunch of money because they've been pumping a bunch of money into their colony that now has just been stolen? All that investment written off. Like, I don't know, man. Um, and with the way they held the, the climax of this for the finale, um, we kind of had to know that this was going to be the case. There was just no time yeah. to deal with ramifications this large because this is this is global. This is this is enormous. You know, this is system wide now. Um, yeah, th- there was no chance we were going to get it. My only hope now, I guess, is that they come back with their big montage and the newspaper clipping, or I guess like the the website postings and the Fox News anchors that they have these talking heads are going to spell out a story that is believable as yeah. to how we can get to Kuznetsov mining station, right? It's just a lot. It's a lot of yada yadaing. And, and I, I realized that when I, was, when I was going on my rant just now that I sound like George Martin criticizing J.R.R. Tolkien, where he's like, oh, so King Org- Aragorn takes over and he rules in peace for like a couple hundred years. Well, I want to know what he did about the orcs. What was the tax rate? How did he reestablish normal relationships between the... And I'm like, oh, well, you're, you know, Lord of the Rings isn't that, man. Lord of the right. Rings is epic kind of fairy tale fable and 
and Game of Thrones is like real politic, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought for all mankind is a clock closer to Game of Thrones than it was Lord of the Rings, and Same we're getting Lord here. of the Rings. We're getting this. This is this is uh, you know essentially you bow to no one, friends. And I'm like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna ride back to Shire. Everything's gonna be fine. I we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Greg continues here. Second. Like you, I was initially disappointed that we got little Kelly in the last episode and nothing about the crater and the search for life. However, given that Dev is at the crater as we make the time jump to 2012, I think they've hinted that this thread continues into season five. In fact, with Aleda and Will on Earth and Kelly, Alex, Dev, Lee, and Miles on Mars, there are the foundations of a good cast of central characters with the options open for including Ed, Danielle, Margot, as much or as little as contract negotiations and plot allows. We don't yet have quite the depth of engagement with the new cast as we have for the first generation cast, but the work they've done with Aleda, Kelly, Dev, and even Miles in one season has put real flesh on those bones, and they're all characters I want to spend more time with into the 21st century. They're playing a very difficult game writing a series with between-season time jumps this large, but I think they could be pleased with how well they pulled it off so far. I know I'll have to wait a couple of years to see where things go from here, but I'll be there to follow along wherever they go. Yeah, I can't imagine stopping watching the show. <laughs> you know, it'd have to oh, get no. sin- sin- oh, no. and even then, like, what we got three more seasons. Like, if they get their dreams, like that's still probably <laughs> something I would watch just for grim satisfaction with nothing else. But I, I think of it like um, you got the set of characters. You know, you got the set mm-hmm. of characters in season one. You got the set of characters in season two. You got the set of characters in season three, and those sets always overlapped to more or less extent. I think this gap between this season and next is going to have the smallest set of shared characters. And I think that is a concern. Feels like it. When so much mm-hmm. of this action works when you care about the characters. And uh, I agree with you. Leda, Kelly, Dev. But when you go and even Miles, no. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I don't think Miles <laughs> counts. I don't think Sam counts. Like I said, in, in better seasons of the show, we would have already met Miles and Sam last season and we would have seen you know miles getting pinched out of his job he would have been one of the and it probably made that season better too because you know we it's, it seems like yeah the people out of work were just cast as crybabies in the way of progress you know um so like having say and sam going through high school where trying to like get the perfect grade so she can get into the astronaut pro- program because that's like she grew up idolizing the likes of uh margo and or not margo molly and um mm-hmm. danielle and and uh, ellen right like all these women tracy oh, like she's got posters of them in the room and she's just like but that's she gets what a they 35 in math and suddenly she's got to be a minor <laughs> she's got it she got she can't go through nasa she washes out of nasa uh-huh. she's got to go through helios <laughs> like that's what the show used to do. So then Miles yeah, and, yeah. and Sam would have been in that set of people that we, oh, I know my, and they didn't do that. So it's like, I I, I don't know, man. I, I think that uh, if you look at those sets of characters and how they kind of overlap and kind of tug you into the next season, it, it's not nearly as many heartstrings engaged. Um, yeah, Miles was a fairly big villain early on. I like all the stuff he did when he got to Mars was villainous to me, like just for his own ends, disrupting Ilya's whole situation um, that he had going. It was a good thing. Um, and taking that over uh, him, ultimately giving up the information about his crew 
yeah. granted under torturous conditions and to save his family. He's a sympathetic villain, uh, but I don't think he's sympathetic enough. I think they could have done with showing maybe, like you said, last season or even at the beginning of this season, some of the stuff that he went through to try and help his family on Earth. Yeah, I think that would have made him even more sympathetic and and I would have felt for him more, but we'll see what and they I do with him in season five. Like, I don't dislike him necessarily. I think they could have had a Vito Corleone kind of thing where it's like, you know, in Godfather 2, he sees this uh, gangster who's like kind of like lording it over the neighborhood and he's getting isolated and people are getting angry at him. And Vito's mm-hmm. got a crew, man. He's got Tessio. He's got Clemenza. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he sees the opening and takes it where it's like the story they told is Elia was kind of like this kindly benefactor yeah. that everyone he was Vito Corleone mm-hmm. and fucking Salazzo moves in and, and, and cuts <laughs> his throat and everybody on the base is kind of fine with it. Like yeah. I, I thought like, yeah. like and Elia was crewed up with Russian muscle and mm-hmm. Miles had Sam and some other dude that I can't remember his name helping him with a rock operation. And he out muscled Elia. Yeah. Because he had North Korean, Korean muscle. Because yep. he had Lee. Because he had Lee with this ridiculous fantasy that I still don't believe. So it's like eh, it just didn't work. But they could have. They could have yep. done it. They could have done a better job. I'm with you. Season four of For All Mankind, subtitled. They could have done a better job. <laughs> uh, Kieran says questions for the wrap up pod. How did Dev? Ed, Miles, Sam, and every other character avoid arrest for their part in stealing the asteroid. Surely sabotaging NASA equipment alone is worthy of serious time behind bars. I would say that we don't know yet, but we see Dev standing as a free man in the closing scene. Maybe he served his time by then. Well, I mean, that's like that could be like literally the week after it happened. It takes a month to get to Mars. Um, but But that's the thing. It's like, I really thought they were going to have Ed and Dev and Miles with some kind of slick ass way to back Earth off. Mm-hmm. Like, if you try to steal this asteroid for us, we have planted mining explosives on it. We're going to shatter the asteroid and it will, it will wrap Mars in an impenetrable layer of debris that any ship that tries to land will be. It's like some kind of that. Like, essentially, we're mining the fuck. Like, like if you come here, we're going to blow the asteroid. It's going to it's going to send micrometeors all over the place and it'll make Mars in like we'll, we'll, it'll be no good for anyone. And why mm-hmm. would you do that when we have it? We, we already have an offer of hey, like I've got the, the books open with Helios. Here's how Helios can make sure uh, Earth gets its cut. But mm-hmm. like I I, 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 I I really think they needed to fit that into this season so that I would know like, oh, that's the state of the geopolitics going forward. That Mars has effectively fought for its independence in a bloodless coup. And yeah, they just I'm didn't do you. it. Another pick, another nit to pick is how Sam was still allowed to float free after NASA and Roscosmos discovered the compromise discriminator. They should have immediately concluded that she was involved. Palmer would have. Yeah, that's the other, the convenient uh, suspicions of Palmer. Like, mm-hmm. Danielle says, keep an eye on her. And he's like, oh, I'm going to keep an eye on her. And then one episode, he conveniently doesn't keep an eye on her. And the next episode, oh, I've got my eye on you, mass. It's like, what? Yeah. Where like were, were you asleep in your bunk when she's like, oh, let me get the discriminator out of my bag. And like, come on. Come on. <laughs> we're, we're watching the show, right? We're paying attention. We should be rewarded for that, not penalized. Yeah. 
Uh, Ryan S says, do you guys think Jimmy will be back in season five? Oh yeah, Jimmy's alive. Uh, if I remember right, he got a 15 year sentence, so he'll be out by the time we rejoin the show in 2012, right? He's the only one left alive who knows the secret about bad Danny and Karen, I think. Uh, Molly's husband still knows. He's still alive, right? <laughs> he didn't die. I think so, because that's who gave Ed the the weed seeds. Yes, yes. Okay, so he's still alive. Seeds. He still knows, but you, you're right. He, he's one of the very few. Um, mm-hmm. And Ed still never found out, so I'm wondering if Jimmy will come back into play and will be the key to unlock that secret for Ed. Or is that storyline completely dead and Ed doesn't even ever need to find out at this point? I think it's that. I oh, think Ed yeah. doesn't need to know at this point. Nah, Jimmy's he's going to get out. He's going to grab the nearest microphone. It's like, I want does. everyone to know that the George Washington of Mars, my fucking brother, cucked his shit. And then Ed will clutch his heart, die of a heart attack. Ed's Dev's uh-huh. dick will fall right off and miles will spontaneously combust. And then that it's like, how can Mars even go forward when you've made their founding yeah. fathers look like fools? When your dick falls off on live television, there's no way to recover from that. Rolling out your pant leg. I, I do want. I do kind of want to see Jimmy back, but also I don't think there's any need to do any it of that. It would with be Ed. funny to see Jimmy because they're also showing the rise of like a, a alternative reality Fox News. Yes. Oh, God. it would be funny to see Jimmy out of jail, being like free radio America. Mm-hmm. Alex Jones NASA conspiracy. killed his brother because NASA killed my brother and my dad so and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, close to the truth. Uh, I I could see them kind of um, introducing that element into the thing, and he would be the perfect mouthpiece. Oh, my God, you're right. It's not what I want for Jimmy. I feel bad for Jimmy. I don't want him to take a villain turn. No, but, you know. He was an accidental villain last time. He could be a useful idiot for the right people. Already has been. Absolutely. True. Uh, Chris T says on one of the t- uh, whoa, on two of the criticisms I've heard over the last couple of shows, it seems pretty clear to me that the only reason Margot was able to get away from the Russian handlers to meet Sergey is that she never really did. Letting her and by extension us think she wasn't followed is the only way they could have got on his trail. The Russians would know that he's the one person she would try and do this to see, try to do this to see, and Sergey was dead the second Margot turned up at the diner that night. I actually that think this tracks. makes a lot of sense. Yeah that the whole time we're like, there's no fucking way that they knew all along that they, mm-hmm. that, that, that mm-hmm. this is another instance of Margot thinking that she's smarter than she is and getting, getting, uh, hoisted by it. Totally. Crack the crate, crack the case, Chris. <laughs> yeah. It would have been nice for some to confirm that somehow, like if, you know, but, but there was no chance for Margot and the bullfinch to have a private talk. No, no. Um, and I mean, God, his that would have been confirms it. See, but. that's another. See, a season two of this show would have had a scene where Margot is in like a holding facility in NASA, and the bullfinch comes in to see her and dismisses the guards and is like, "Did you think that you could get away with, you Anything. know, but it right <laughs> under my nose? We knew that this for weeks, and we just been waiting to. And like as she's like doing browbeating Margot, like someone like a Russian comes in and like recalls her and like pulls her out of the room." 
and then like Eli comes in and it's like, man, there this this asteroid thing is crazy. Russia's recalling all of its assets. They're pulling the bullfinch, and they've also said that they've withdrawn their diplomatic immunity, and you're our problem to deal with. Yeah. So then we would know, like, yeah. it's fine because, like I said, we could surmise all this stuff, but like again, that's a what a two minute scene. It would be really satisfying to see the bullfinch putting the screws to Margot and then her leash get yanked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So. But again, show not tell, I suppose. Secondly, uh, on the more general point, the lack of acting, uh, there's only like 38% gravity on Mars. Oh, the lack of acting. Uh, there's only 38% of gravity on Mars. Seeing how many shows seem to completely ignore this, have you ever considered it just looks incredibly stupid on camera? Like comically stupid? <laughs> I get the feeling it would look so unnatural during even normal day-to-day living, it would take you out of every scene by turning Happy Valley into Uncanny Valley. <laughs> I mean... Maybe so. Other seasons found the way. Like, I remember in season two where Ed just throws uh, Gordo to the ceiling. And you're like, oh, shit, right. One-tenth gravity. You're like Superman here. Um, Or Danny, like, not having to struggle to lift something. It's like, again, yes, you're right. If everyone's kind of like, you can't tell me, but I'm, like, tilting back and forth like I'm the Michelin man on, on Moon. It would look ridiculous, but it also looks equally ridiculous when they forget. And I, there's, I can't, I, there's no fucking frame of reference where any of the physics of that shit that Sam was pulling on her extra vehicular activity walk. There's, there's just, it just doesn't work, man. I don't know. Maybe it's the thing where you need either a full earth gravity or no gravity to make it not look yeah. ridiculous. Cause I'm thinking of the expanse, right? They do this all the time. They like, yeah. they sweated that detail most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look ridiculous to me, but that was largely like there's no gravity because yeah. I'm thinking of the scenes on Mars because there were scenes on Mars. I don't think they did much in those 100%. scenes. Alex walking around, chilling at the bar, drinking and, and even, and with the drinks they did. They would drink yeah. out of special glassware and the way it poured would be slightly different. I remember when so Amos much dropped his bottle over the railing and it took like 30 seconds to fall to on the, the ground. Moon. But but you're right. When they're walking down the hallway, they're not like bunny hopping like they should. Right, right. And the fight scenes. My God, what does a Martian fight scene look like? Right. I, I think that or, would be cool in a fight scene. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, you're probably right. It would look stupid. But, but I, I think there's a way. I don't know because I haven't seen it. I think there's a way they could do it. And it's, it's, it's this obvious stuff. Like I, they did used to do this in earlier seasons of the expanse where like they would be in free float and like a commander would be leaning against their command post. That would never happen. Um, so it's like, just, just, just don't do stuff like that. Like don't do the obvious things Mm -hmm. that people wouldn't do. And you don't have to like, maybe have your hands floating. Like you're a piece of seaweed in the ocean, even though that's kind of, if you see what the astronauts do on the space station, they're Mm -hmm. like, when they're just like hanging out, yeah, there's kind of like, you know, they're just they're look like they're floating in a pool, you know, because they are. So I, I feel like there's a there's a middle ground between ignoring the realities of the gravity and making it look like you said ridiculous. But, I, yeah. you know, I haven't tried it. Maybe maybe you're right. All right let's move on to Uncle Jimmy, who ex- uh, says you express discontent with the scene in Perestroika when Danielle is getting stitched up and the camera pans through the line of quieted rioters. Jimmy said it made you think too much. I probably said that. I don't like thinking. Uh, I thought it lined up perfectly with the theme you both identified. Revolution is messy, complicated, and involves all types of people. I found myself asking, who's the one to blame for this? It was interesting to consider if any one of these onlookers hadn't 
participated in their own specific way, it wouldn't have mattered to the end result. The revolution in general, and Danielle's injuries in particular, didn't hinge on a single general. Rather, it was a product of the situation in aggregate, a product of all the people acting for their own reasons at once. And the moving mugshots put that in sharp relief for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm still on Team Jim with this, Uncle Jimmy, because I had the exact, like, I was actively annoyed that these other people intruded into my grief. <laughs> you know? Hmm. Um, I thought I was, I, I, I was less harsh on this than you were, but I could be misremembering. Yeah, yeah. well, some, uh, also I feel like sometimes people have a loose handle on who's Jim and who's Aaron, and I, I get a lot of shit from stuff <laughs> you say in the feedback too, and vice yeah. versa, so... Yep. Uh, Anyway, I yeah, I mean, uh, I I know what they're trying to go for it, what what they're trying to go. For. It just again, I don't care about the CIA guy and Miles. I care about Ed and Danny, and he's she's dying from from what he thinks, and you know. So, uh, finally, this is a final email. Tyler from Iowa, born in Iowa, only lives in outer space. Uh, said Ed was like born Captain in nineteen 19- exactly. Ed was born in 1931. He's now 81 at the time jump to 2012. He will die next season or maybe the following at 91. Uh, my prediction when he finally goes out, Danny's last words to him will be simply bye, Bob. <laughs> Do you think we'll see Ed die or we'll have some kind of funeral for him? Because I, there is something think... to Danny being the last Bob that that would be very satisfying to have. I could see her putting her hand on his coffin and being like whispering bye, Bob and some, that'd be a cool way to maybe even begin next season. I don't know, man. I, he's not going to be in good shape the next time we see him with that time jump. If he's alive at all. Cause he's got it's, the whole, Parkinson's it's almost sadder. I guess. I, yeah. I guess it's like, I want to remember him. Well, shit. I'd have to go back to season three to remember him as the guy I wanted to remember him as, but yeah, I don't know if I would remember that version of Ed with even worse old man makeup, shaking. He can't think. He can't do anything for himself. He's just old and sitting in a nursing home. That's counterpoint. Uh, that's sad. What if um, Martian science develops some kind of uh, miracle cure? You know, they're like okay. studying Ed and they're studying uh, Ed's grandson, and because he's got health problems, and uh, Demi's a brilliant guy, and. I what if space that. is the problem? What if space is poisoning him? And he goes back to Earth and he realizes, shit, I'm fine. I oh, just needed to get out of space. There you go. Something, something, something we needed to know. Space will kill you. Don't <laughs> space go. Space will kill you, by the way. <laughs> it wants to kill you. the life. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's it. So I guess the only thing that's left for us is to say bye, Bob, to all you. Um, again, I... I uh, hope you continue our your voyage with Bald Move. We got a lot of fine coverage coming up this year. We're doing in the middle of True Detective right now. That was a fun episode that uh, we did last week. Um, we've got a other. I, I I don't I don't think we got firm plan. I know we're doing the Rick and Michonne The Walking Dead miniseries because we're masochists, the ones who live and completionists, yeah. and those two <laughs> together gets gets us in trouble sometime. Um, and I know we're going to be doing, like I said, House of the Dragon when it comes out this summer. Um, we're still coming out of a strike, so there's some things that are kind of up in the air. Um, For sci-fi, I, we're going to be taking a look at that three-body problem. We won't have episodic coverage because Netflix is just going to shit it yeah. out in one day. Um, but we will but be talking about member. that. Yeah, on, mm-hmm. on OTC. I'm, I'm excited to maybe talk Jim into covering Shogun 
Uh, oh yeah, that looks good. The new series on uh, I think that's AMC or is that FX Hulu? Um, that's coming down mm-hmm. the pike. That was like my dad's favorite novel, and he's always talking about it. I remember the old Richard Chamberlain miniseries from the '80s, so I'm I'm pretty hmm. I'm pretty excited about that. Lots of stuff. Uh, follow us everywhere at Bald Move, except for TikTok at Baldest Move there. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you. I because I guarantee we'll be back for season five, even with the problems oh, of yeah. season four. Like we're we're in it to win it. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. And if you find if you've if you've enjoyed our coverage and you've been listening to a lot of Bald Move podcast and you just you need even more and you're sick of listening to ads, we could use your support at support.baldmove.com. Thanks again for another fine year. Signing off for Bald Move here. Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye, Bob. Bye, Bob.